Kia welcome to this week's episode of the Are We Pals podcast, a podcast where we discover who our true friends are and make some new ones along the way. My name is Lisa McLeod Whiting, and as always, I'm joined by my pal. Hello. Sammy Hannah. <laughs> Sorry. It's all right. <laughs> but excited no, yeah. to say your name. You did a fantastic job with the intro there, Lisa. I loved it. Thank you so much. That means a lot. It's high praise. High praise. Because you're the intro queen. Well, you know, we should take turns. <laughs> yeah. Hey, do you want to tell everyone who? Oh, that's the purpose of the intro. Okay, oh, I got excited by remembering the tagline. I spoke too soon. Yeah. Okay. Here we go. We're very excited for this week's episode because this week we're talking to the wonderful Ben Hurley. What can we for say about New- Ben? I mean, for our New Zealand listeners, you already know who Ben Hurley is. He's been on our screens for years, seven days, seven sharp. The project. All of it. He's done it. Uh, for our international listeners, you might have seen him when he lived in the UK and toured with the likes of Stuart Lee. Yeah. And but now. He's back home touring New Zealand on the rig with lesser known comics such as myself. Oh, like, like ourselves. Um, so we, we know him through that and we were kind of friendly, but we didn't know if he was our friend. So we mm. thought, do you know what? We'll get him on the podcast and we'll put him on the spot. We also That's thought, right. he seems like a friendly guy, but if our non-negotiables don't line up, well, we can't be friends we with him. can't be friends. But we sort of... We ended up with two, didn't we? We panicked, Some, yeah. Sometimes we have serious non-negotiables and sometimes we have silly ones. And we thought of a serious one, which is, if you call your wife the ball and chain, sorry, can't be friends with you, mate. Cannot be friends. Um, but also, on a silly note, we also, we're not really fond of people that don't, you know, they don't press the button. Yeah, if you are standing at a pedestrian crossing, just waiting for somebody else to push the button for you. I'm sorry, I'm not your pedestrian butler. I don't want to get my hands sticky for, on your behalf. Speak for yourself, but you know. <laughs> don't know what that means. So shall we just get into the chat and find out? We were in Te Awa, how, what That's what it's called. Te Awaha. Te Awaha. Sit in my room. Uh, let's chat to Ben Hurley. Why did I try to do your voice thing? <laughs> <laughs> Do you need anything before we start? Um, I feel like it, that's not a real offer. Uh, it is a real offer. <laughs> <laughs> but don't, like, yeah. With clear caveats. <laughs> yeah, li- literally not going to take more than about a minute to get. Do you need a water? No, I'm fine. Okay, Thank sweet. You. Good. Do you need anything, Lisa? I'm fine. Okay. Probably need deodorant, but that ship sailed. Hello, and welcome to the Are We Pals podcast. We are at Te Awaha Cinema. What are you laughing at? I, just this whole situation. Okay, yeah. Oh. <laughs> Uh, we are being very professional at the Te Awaha Cinema setup, and um, we are we're speaking to Ben Harley. Hello, hello. You've done some research on on Ben, haven't you? Oh man, I know my way around a Wikipedia page. Oh, I see. Right. <laughs> no, didn't know what they meant. Re- research could be you could have really gone digging. Yeah. yeah. Did you yeah. uncover anything when you were doing the old, you know, the old uh, research? I did read an article about you and Kina. Yeah. So it is actually Kina. Yeah, yeah. It's spelt Kina though, but you say Kina. It's Māori. So as part of my TVNZ job, I uh, I did a little thing for Seven Sharp about, because there's too many in the sea. For those who don't know what it is, it's a New Zealand sea urchin. It's a voracious herbivore. And it's there's so many of it that it's clearing out the, uh, the sea floor of vegetation. So we need to eat more. But um, I don't know if you're a fan of Kaimana. It is on the, I am massively, but it is on the end of the spectrum of, I like seafood, but yeah. I don't like Kenna. You don't like <laughs> No, that's what a lot of people oh. say. Do you know what I mean? I'm Tim Kenna, but even though I, even though I can see that it's, it's, it's confronting. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen it with spaghetti before. Yeah, I've had it in scrambled eggs, which is amazing. Oh, nice. Yeah. That sounds good. That's actually through that show. That's kind of how I first met you a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like I met you through comedy as well, but then I met you through our mutual friend, Massimo Tolbe. <laughs> that's right. Amazing. Yeah, I did. I like to do stories about um, food. I I came up with the idea because 
and I don't know if it's the same in Scotland, but we, we have home economics at when you're about 11 or 12. And, and, but we get taught to make this pizza dough that's not pizza dough, like anywhere else in the world. Because in New Zealand, I discovered this from doing this, we didn't, ha- we didn't have yeast in New Zealand 100 years ago. So it was really hard to find yeast. And, w- and when I say 100 years ago, it's probably more like 50 years ago. We didn't have a lot of yeast. Yeah. So that was, people made a scondo pizza. And that's what we learned to make in home economics in Form 1 and Form 2 in New Zealand, was a pizza base yeah. made out of but essentially scondo. What topping did you put on your pizza in home economics? <laughs> this, is hot, this is a hot conversation. Hot is, tuna. Yeah. Was it tuna here too? No, not tuna. No, like tin spaghetti. Yeah, oh, yeah. tuna. Tuna, canned tuna. And then you all got it in your lunchbox and you forget to take it out when you get yeah, home. And that's then no good. It was that's disgusting. No good. And so then uh, I thought, well, I made that and I took it to Massimo, who has, um, he's in a society. Now you'll, you'll have to um, potentially correct me here, Lisa, if I get this wrong. Is he's in a society because he makes pizza, Napoli pizza, to the letter of the law. And there's only two or three places in New Zealand that do it. And you get a certificate, you become part of this society. Like Naples to come and verify your pizza. Really? <laughs> yeah. It's called like the Associazione di Pizza Verace or something like that. Yeah. It's yeah. Hardcore. It's hardcore. And so I took it to him and he was great and very performative and, and how disgusted he was at my scondo pizza, which I haven't genuinely made since I was 11. Um, and then he said, you know, we got to talking and I you know, knew me as a comedian and he said that he you'd worked there. Like six years. <laughs> Amazing. I met my husband there. <laughs> That's what he told me that too, yeah. So he sweet. put us together. He used to make sure we had the same shifts off because oh. so he could see this little romance blossoming. Also because I was the only woman who worked there. So he was like, mm-hmm. she must get with somebody. <laughs> and so he was like, George is like the least problematic of all the guys. <laughs> so they were all friends and they all played football together. Yeah, right. And um, yeah, and then he's basically the godfather to my daughter. Yeah. Yeah. And we still go to his house like every few months and he just feeds us for about six hours straight. It's incredible. How he's great. One of his yeah. He's, a, he's an incredible guy. I've taken my family in there and he's given us pizza. And all he did was, you know, be on, put him on TV for a few minutes. You, you know, still got Ben Early. Ben Early. <laughs> <laughs> it's a really good impression. And I think you're allowed to do that yeah. considering you know him so well. Yeah. 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 <laughs> we are here to talk about friendship. And okay. so the main premise of this is, is, are we friends that's what we always like to do at the top of our guests so so ben what's the what's the deal are we friends you and i you you and i can do us both individually i'm getting ready for the inevitable (laughs) i think so yeah i think so yeah i think so so what i was i was thinking about this on the way here you and i shared uh what is a a a, don't know why i've paused so long here (laughs) a very long car journey very long car journey and that accelerates oh, friendship doesn't it massively the you what know. happened on that car journey yeah did it yeah well you, will you tell your story and then i'll tell you what i, I don't remember. remember what happened i do we saw domestic violence oh yeah we did too and then we you ch- we stopped the car and we had to reverse and go back and make sure they were all right that's that. right oh we did too yeah. i completely forgot about that i really needed the toilet and i didn't want to be a bother so i was like so basically we did a gig together uh, it was my first ever gig Two? with you. Yes, yeah, so it was my first ever gig. It was San Fran. And I'd never gigged with you before. And I'd heard about you. So I was like, oh, Ben Hurley, like, you know, real, real great New Zealand comedian. So I was like, oh, this is cool. I'm going to do a lineup. I think you did the lineup. And Lisa did the same gig the you next did, night. yeah. And it was at San Fran. And that's the first night I met Juzzy as well. And we were all, I think we got hammered. I think we yeah, got hammered. Yeah, we got hammered. And then. You, you don't drink anymore. 
Um, okay. I gave up for a bit. I'm, I'm back, not as much. I see. More controlled. <laughs> Slightly more controlled. And uh, we did that gig together and you'd said, oh, I've got another gig in, in Tanaki. Can you drive? And I was like, no, I can't drive. And you know, as a, a newbie comedian, you're a comedian, usually you're the one that has to drive everyone around. Mm. And you're like, well, I'm going to have to drive. So you drove and it was great because suddenly I'm gigging with one of the like biggest, best comedians in New Zealand, getting all the intel about the scene. And also because you gig so much in the uh, UK as well. well. We knew, yeah, we knew mutual people yeah. in the UK. So it we? was yeah. like you say, it was an acceleration. But so I think we are friends from that. But yeah, we saw domestic violence and we stopped the car to, to intervene. <laughs> I'd not remembered that off the bat, but you know that I, I remember that. Yeah. yeah so that, so that, that's where I probably think that we started to be kind of like friends. What about you and Lisa? Well, that was the first time I met you at that gig, right? And I, I was only aware of you because of Patch Lambert, who is a, um, who said that you were great, and you were. As a comedian. You me immediately as one of your friends. You're like, early <laughs> and friends. And I was like, okay. Oh, that's right. I did too. So that was a strange time because it was sort of, it w was that when Auckland was in lockdown and the rest of the country wasn't, but there were still restrictions? Still restrictions. So you could move, right? Because you're not yeah, in Auckland. Yeah, that's right. We could move because we were in Wellington, but then that was the first day that Auckland comics were allowed out. Was it? Something like Something It was like around that, that time. Yeah. It was the end of 2021. Yeah. Yeah. So that would make because they had the Aucklanders were under lockdown for three months, right up until yeah. about December, and this was this was these were Christmas gigs, and that was why I was getting really good gigs really early because none of the Auckland comedians could leave, and I'd just moved here from the UK to and Wellington. Still, you're like, all right, I don't mind if I do. And literally, I was like, oh god, it's quite it's quite good here. You get to gig with, and then after about two weeks, I was like, oh, there's only thirty comedians here. I was like, I'm getting to gig with these, and then after a week, I was like, I've gigged with everyone in the country now. There's no one left. And so Ian has seen me perform very mediocrely at every gig you're at. I'm like, fucking hell, but Hurley's here. You said that about Nick Rado as well, and though. Nick Rado, yeah. Oh, really? This is not the first time I've <laughs> been somebody's bad luck charm. This has been said to me before. I don't know. I don't. I, it's, the last time it, I was at the Classic and you were there, I did okay. You did great. Because like, you were hiding out the back. And I was like, <laughs> The fan brigade said I was a bad luck charm. Um, a guy Montgomery said I was a bad luck charm, and he's going fine. I've never seen yeah, him have a bad, bad gig. <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe. Uh, okay, so we're all kind of a wee bit friends. Um, at the end, we're going to ask you non-negotiable. So it might be that we've actually ruined our friendship already because mm -hmm. we've decided we can't. But we'll we'll do that later. But this is a good start. I did want to ask you about because um, obviously you, you came up in comedy in New Zealand, and then you won the Billy T, and then you moved overseas. Mm -hmm. Did you Wikipedia? Knew that. Yeah. Um, but I wondered, like, after you came back from the UK, how had that changed some of your friendships? Because obviously you accelerated a lot in your career at that time, but also just your regular, your regular friendships mm -hmm. with muggles, you know. But muggles. Yeah. How did that, did that change? Um, well, I think the main thing that had changed. So I, I met my wife. She wasn't even my wife. Um, three months before I left to go to the UK, I'd already got my ticket and we met. And then she was, um, she had to finish her degree and uh, and she went to university a bit later. So she had to finish her degree and so she, so there was so we're together three months and then I left and then she was three months we were a long distance, literally the longest possible distance for three months and then she came out to the UK and then we were there for four years and we came home every year. So it wasn't like I didn't see my friends back here. Um, but I think I definitely um, changed in that four years in that 
you know, we, I mean, we basically came back to get married and yeah. have children. So I had definitely settled down a lot more than some of my friends. Yeah. And that was, that had, that was a change. Ah. So what does your friendship group look like now? Like what, who, who are your mates? My mates are mostly comedians yeah. and some, I, I still have really strong friendships from, from high school. Oh, do you? Yeah. I mean, my best friends are comedians that I, you oh. know, I die and yeah. Vaughn King and yeah. um, actually people I met at the classic, like uh, uh, that aren't comedians who are now have regular grown up jobs. But when they were students, they were bartenders at the classic. And yeah, and my sort of friends from um, from from high school, we, we had a very tight knit group. We were kind of the. I, I hear this term indie kid that when I listen to American podcasts. I don't think it was really a thing in New Zealand, but I think we were the closest to that and that we were a bit odd. In Scotland, I think you would have been called a mosher. I guess so. Yeah. A mosher? A mosher, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I get strong previous mosher vibes from you. Okay. I mean, I kind of get the from the context. Yeah, yeah, we we yeah oh, we the were the alternative. They were all a bit nerdy to begin with. Yeah, we were all a bit nerdy. And one summer, suddenly every nerd came in wearing black, painting their nails. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, yeah exactly. And so it suddenly changed, and they were all wearing like Slipknot T-shirts and stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, I was definitely more that end of the spectrum to the rest of the group. But yeah, they, um, yeah. I mean, it was it was fifty-fifty men and women. Yeah, cool. And yeah. You know, for variety and diversity of of, of races and sexual right. orientations. Walk, we get it. <laughs> <laughs> but it, but you know, that wasn't necessarily what everybody did at that time. No. And we weren't. That's cool. We weren't. Uh, we weren't necessarily the misfits or the outcasts or anything like that. I think we were relatively where the we're, you know we either were liked by people or, or or they didn't care about us. You yeah. know, it wasn't. We went sort of that uh, polarizing, I guess. But yeah. Uh, yeah, we were just a little bit odd, a little bit nerdy. Yeah, yeah. I love you that. Have a group name for yourself? No, God, no. No, that would be weird. That would be so. How weird. many were in the group? There was a tight knit, probably like eight, and then, and then there was a few that sort of jumped in and out, and yeah. slightly more, slightly more peripheral. Yeah, 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 nice. And of that eight, still going strong. Yeah, I mean, one of one of them. Lives in Taranaki. One, um, one lives in London. Uh, one lives in Auckland. One lives in Pukekohe, which is basically <laughs> Auckland. Yeah, well, you know, that's the great thing about um, social media, I guess, is you do feel like you're still friends because you're on Facebook together. Um, and 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 I guess probably not all eight I see regularly. Yeah. When I say regularly, I mean probably once a year or twice yeah. a year, but maybe four of them. Mm. I do. Yeah. I do. You come from a large family as well. Not, no, not overly. No. Uh, I, I mean, I've got two sisters. Um, my dad's one of two and my mum's one of three. So no, not really. We we saw our family a lot, you know, because we only had like I don't know, four cousins, I think. Six. I've got six cousins. Six first cousins. So, so we, we saw them a lot. Yeah. Um, but yeah, in terms of just like, yeah, the family friend thing, not, n yeah, not many. I know a few people here like that, like older people in New Zealand who just have, I don't know what it is, but they seem to have become like a little bit isolated or their friend groups are really small or it's more contained to family. I think, yeah, within my family, I come from a huge family. Mm. So, I mean, not my immediate family, but my mum's the first of eight and my dad's the second of seven. So right. I've got over 40 first cousins. And Far so, out. Yeah. So to manage all those relationships and then friendships, I think is just 
there's only so many hours in the day. Yeah, so that's I think, true. So family for us took that place. So I'm quite close with a lot of my cousins and mm-hmm. my mum is quite close with a lot of her cousins and things like that and her siblings, obviously. Um, so they didn't, we didn't have a lot of, we had, she's got her best friend and we used to hang out with their kids, but they were always a bit older. So it was always quite awkward. And they'd be like, go play computer games in the room together. And we'd be like, they're 20. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> of, and of my six cousins, two of them are um, uh, 15 years younger than me. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Because, yeah, because my mum's brother was 12 years younger than her. Oh, right. And then he waited quite a long time to have yeah. kids anyway. So, I've yeah, I've got two first cousins that are at uni now, oh, and I'm wow. 44. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. My cousin's coming over here, so I'm really excited because um, she is my friend. Like, she's a bit older than me, but she does comedy as well. So oh, really? Yeah, she does comedy. She's more of a kind of improviser and writer, but she she did do stand-up. And I think, yeah, we've always had that in co- I think I went to see her once and was like, my cousin's so cool. And then what to do after her? And then she's like, I only ever did that one gig. <laughs> and now you've based the rest of your life on that one gig. <laughs> but yeah, she writes and she does loads of other stuff. Um, but her mum, she's got loads of friends. And she, I remember going to her 70th birthday and there was like 80 people at her birthday and they were pretty much all friends and to have 80 friends in your 70s Mm. I was like I want to aspire to have that and I think she just joined loads of like walking groups art groups like just every single group the best night everyone was loving it there's a weird thing at that age where I think people just start to be able to dance again without being self-conscious so every single 70 year old was on the dance floor just throwing shapes it was great and so it made me go do you know what I'm going to try Lisa, I want you to be at my 70th birthday. Okay. I never thought I had a huge friend group. I always thought I had a quite a small, tight-knit one. But on my uh, my 40th, which oh, yeah. is four four years ago on Wednesday, yeah. um, I rented out a bar and had about 60 people there. That's good. I'd never done anything. Well, it was. And it was weird because it was February the 14th, 2020. So your birthday isn't Valentine's? Valentine's Day, yeah. And then two weeks after that, the entire world shut down. So that party (laughs) was like everyone's last party that they went to for two years. Yeah. Had you been scared? We've talked about it a little bit before. Yeah, parties. parties, Because I'm just haunted by the memory of a party I threw, I think maybe for my 28th birthday. So it wasn't a significant number. But the only people who showed up were like four friends and my parents. (laughs) And it was a costume party as well. Did your mum and dad dress? did. I think my mum came as Nigella. <laughs> I love Wonderful. Nigella. Um, my dad came as um the six-fingered man from... from uh, That's Christopher Guest. Yes. Yeah, um, from Princess Bride. The Princess Bride, yeah, yeah. thank you. So he came as he came as Inigo Montoya, not Christopher Guest. Oh, I see, yeah. right, okay. What did you go as? Avril Lavigne. <laughs> Amazing! <laughs> was there no theme? <laughs> just come as you want. I think it was like, just be my friend. God, I need them, yeah. <laughs> Was your did you, did you did you have a boyfriend at the time? Yeah, I had a husband at the time. Oh right, did, did, did he did he did he go as a as a skater boy? He went to Britney Spears. <laughs> oh, and I have one of the most horrific photos because he wore his wedding shoes. So he because he went in the classic Britney Spears in her first music video, like in the school uniform. And, yep. So he wore the braids and stuff, and he had a shirt on, and he wore a little skirt. And then I've got this photo where I was trying to do a photo match of him posing like Britney. Mm-hmm. But because of the way his, the color of his shoes is sort of looks like his skin color. So because of the way his shoe is placed behind his skirt. Oh, it's one of those. It looks like he's got this horrifically, like dangerously large schlong hanging. <laughs> <laughs> and once you see it, it's all you can see. So I have that memory from my birthday and my dad walking around being like, hello. <laughs> my name is, and I was like, God, I need some friends. <laughs> 
So did you have that anxiety before your 40th of like, um, come or? I think I did. See, this is the beautiful thing of the modern era is you can do the online invite and people say if they're coming or not yeah yeah so i could see there was a good the numbers were ticking up yeah yeah also i put on quite a lot of money on the bar so that's always going to get (laughs) yeah it's going to get people in i remember my dad having a 40th birthday party at our house growing up and i remember at the time being like wow that is old I am, I'm going to be 40 in a couple of years. So like, I'm not that far off. I do not feel as old as my dad seemed when he had that. They were just ancient. And I don't know, have people changed? Are we, I don't know, are we younger now? Or was it always just because you're younger, it seems older? Like, I just remember my parents being quite serious people. Well, I think there's a perception thing as well. Yeah. I mean, I asked my kids who are 11 and 13, yeah. um, how, like, if I... They have a trouble with, say, a teacher, and they'll go, I don't like this teacher because they did X, Y, Z. Yeah. And I'll go, I always ask, like, how old are they? Because I want to know if they're, like, just an old school, you know, disciplinarian kind of teacher or they're just younger and there's something wrong with them. Yeah. Um, and they go, they just have no idea. No like, idea. Of I go, younger or older than me, still no idea. <laughs> Kids can't tell age. They can't. No. They can't tell age. It's always fun when you do ask a kid, how old do you think I am? And they'll be like five. And you're like, you're an idiot. <laughs> what a stupid answer. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. But they, you're like, you could be between five and 80. Yeah. 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 They have no idea. So to answer your question, yeah. A, I think kids have no idea how old anyone is. And B, yes, I do think people are younger now. Totally. I think you enjoy your youth far longer than you used to because you because so. you can on that do you think do you have to help your daughters your kids navigate their friendships because they're at this age where friendships would kick up a level in volatility i'd say um we've been pretty blessed so far that they've got a lovely group of friends but i had what i thought was a lovely group of friends when i was 13 and then they decided we did we decided to part ways towards the end of that year and that was and then the following year was like the hardest year of my life yeah <laughs> Um, well, it wasn't anything specific. We just, we're just, just different. Yeah. They, I, you know, they liked going shoplifting. <laughs> yeah. And did yeah. you partake? No, never. Never? No. Have you ever shoplifted? No, but I had friends who were shoplifting. Yeah. yeah. That's kind of why I stopped being friends with them a little bit too. Well, yeah. My friends, my parents stopped me from being friends. Oh, uh, right. Yeah. It was a thing, wasn't it? Like, everyone got to a certain age and we're like, I'm just going to take stuff from shops. I don't know if um, the people that I knew who did it were also rich kids. Yeah. Usually is yeah. as well. It's a rebellion, it's a right? Shoplifting. Yeah. Yeah, it was very strange. I mean, that's quite a bold move because I feel like in high school you can, it's sometimes if you feel safer to hang on to whatever friends you've got, even if you know you don't have them just because of safety. And I know. So it must have been terrifying then rebuilding your group of yeah it absolutely was yeah and um i had a so we moved when i was um 11 yeah uh we moved towns and so i still had friends in in the old town and i would go and see well one particular friend like every school holidays and it was it was like my sanctuary of happiness and then go back to school and be miserable having kind of very fair weather friends and um, and then I found that group the fo- the following year in year what would that be fifth form so year eleven I found I, fo- I found the tight eight yeah yeah yeah, t- yeah. Gonna, <laughs> you just needed to come on this and then we yeah. have a name for them I only asked that question because I went to high school with a group of guys 
who were called the T5. <laughs> That's... And because one of them in the group had a name that began with T, has a name that begins with T. Yeah. So they became the T5 and they used to have the hand symbol. Uh, so all 21st we went to, I was like, bloody hell, the T5 are here posing and like, T5, they're all lovely boys. <laughs> we should get them on. That is. have got kids now, so they're like, yeah. they're like five kids and like, T5. <laughs> <laughs> we talked about sleepovers on our last episode. Do your girls have sleepovers? Do yeah. You know, yeah. A yeah, yeah. to stay and Yeah, yeah, we, get, we have that. Yeah. How does that go down? Both my girls are pretty pretty great little nerds oh, you know so you know they actually do turn the light off and go to sleep oh yeah we were talking about how we do prank calls and go in the pool and yeah we all massaged each other our oh really offers. yeah okay yeah, no, it's a bit weird that hasn't happened yet <laughs> it was a bit older it was 15 i think that. okay yeah because we were trying to work out whether sleepovers are still cool and we've decided that absolutely and that adults want them there's a mark out there for an adult sleepover i think they have them <laughs> Like a big, like a not that like one. This is a Saturday. There'll be a lot of people around Wellington Central tonight trying to organise adult sleepovers. Yeah, yeah. Again, and this is not going to help what I'm saying, but like a mass sleepover. Like Dan, no, well, that's definitely going to happen too. <laughs> well, anyway, we're trying to organise that, all right? But we're trying to do it in a wholesome platonic way, mm-hmm. aren't we? Under under dinosaurs, dinosaurs of Patagonia. Yeah, everyone's got their kink, you know. <laughs> You've not helped that at all. So I was sorry. I was trying to make it sound innocent, and it's just, it is. But it is. It was innocent massaging as well. It wasn't. There was nothing to it. It was just. I mean, it was. If you have to put if you have to prefix a message with innocent. Yeah, that's certainly. Is. Oh, can yeah, someone you, just get a massage from their mates anymore without meaning? If you set up a shop called Innocent Massage, <laughs> you'd be shut down pretty quickly. <laughs> with the rough font type, <laughs> you can really find your niche. <laughs> With a, with a halo over the O. Yeah. yeah. Mm, there is a place in town that does hair, because we were also talking about hair play, because girls used to, I don't know if you used to, I don't know if boys ever did this when you were at school. Oh, hair play. <laughs> <Also, laughs> uh, do you remember when you were at school and they'd bring in the telly and you'd all be sitting watching it? Did, there was there girls in your class? Did you go to an all boys school? Or? No, no, no. So, you were, so they would all be playing with each other's hair. Yeah, there yeah, was yeah. a bit, yeah, it's called like that. that. Yeah. So um, there is a, we say that that was one of the greatest things growing up in friendship, I think, the hair, the hair play. I don't know how to say it without sounding weird, um, but there's a place in Wellington you just go along and they just play with their hair for an hour. Do you remember being up that? I don't know if they did it in your school, but certainly at my school growing up, they had the knit clinic and it was mums <laughs> who volunteered their time, which I would be so down for now as somebody who quite likes getting knits out of your children's hair. Well, my kid hasn't had knits okay. yet. When I was a child, yeah. <laughs> and and my kids have had knits, not, not in the last few years, but when they're little, I know. But then I, you know, when, when someone in your house has nets. <laughs> Headline, Ben Hurley has nets. When someone in your house has nets, you feel like you have nets. I don't think I've ever had it. Oh, right. You've lived in London, you've had nets. I've not had nets. Because it's it too, a, they're on the tube. plague of like 2012 when they were jumping through the tube. Yeah, but it's too it's too cold for them in Scotland. They don't they <laughs> yeah. can't they can't live. It's like Fijos in the South Island. They just they can't live. It was great. You'd sit on the mat, and then this mum would come and be like, "Oh, do you mind if I do your hair, darling?" You're like, "Yeah, I think I've got a bit of an itch." And they just calm your hair really nicely. Oh wow! You're sitting on the mat. What school did you go to? I went to Bullcott School in Lower Hutt. All oh, right. It's a decile nine, so maybe. Yeah, I was gonna say. What was your Dessa? Six, I think. Yeah, I don't really understand it. This is a completely alien concept. But I always ask people because it sounds like something you should say. Yeah, we we were pretty run of the run of the mill. How were high school? Oh yeah, yeah. Is that where the tight eight were? Yeah, yeah. it was. Yeah, well, there you go. pretty middle New Zealand, <laughs> pretty slap bang in the middle. <laughs> yeah. 
But oh, this was going to say though. Oh, yeah. This, I, I guess the um, my version of that with male friends um, was not massage or doing hair, but literally for hours just chatting, throwing a ball between each other. Love it. And and it's, I th- I think we'd do that. We'd talk for longer if there was something to do with our hands, which sounds oh, dodgy than I mean it. Innocent massage. Yeah. yeah, any kind of ball didn't matter. Ball play. Tennis, tennis ball. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Rugby ball, football. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You like to bit of ball play, that's what you're trying to tell <laughs> Yeah, sure. It helps you get your feelings out. Yeah. Do you think, oh God, this is too big a question, but do you think like male friendship has changed since you were a teenager? Do you think teenage boys now have interact differently with each other than they did? Yeah, I don't have a lot of experience with teenage boys, but um, <laughs> the, yeah. Thank God. <laughs> current day teenage boys. But um, even with my male friends at school, we seemed more... Um, intimate, and I mean that in the true sense of that word, not sexually intimate, but we, we, yeah, we were more intimate than most other male friendships, I think. We were very, very tight-knit, and we would very much talk about our feelings and stuff. Right. Yeah, Where do you think that came from? Um, I think maybe just sensitive kids, kids that gravitated towards each other. And like from... Similar backgrounds and home life? Relatively, yeah, yeah absolutely. Like quite stable, maybe that. Yeah, was... yeah. Also, I think uh, Hayden's Hayden's parents went together, but his but both had moved on to stable relationships. But yeah, all our parents were like teachers and midwives and nurses and, you know, very, very classically middle class, really. Yeah. Did you tell each other that you loved each other ever? Probably not, but we have since. <laughs> uh, speeches. Oh, Heath used to tell me he loved me. Um, yeah, no, we. I think we did, but it was kind of ironic. But yeah. we, but we would say it with no irony now. That's so sweet. Yeah. Oh, I love a little love you. At the end. Yeah. My best friend. I've told her that once, and I could tell it made her deeply uncomfortable. <laughs> and I told her via text, and she didn't reply for a week. <laughs> oh no! It's not. She. It's just. She, I was raised in a family where my dad tells me he loves me every single time I talk to him. Yeah. Because that's the family he came from. My mum, pole opposite, she right. can't make eye contact and tell me those words. I know she loves me. Yeah. But it's just not the culture she grew up with. She's very Kiwi farming stock. Yeah. Yeah. So they're like, on my wedding day, she patted me on the back and went, oh, good job. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. That's yeah. Her, that's her way of expressing it. But then, so when I told my friend I loved her, she's like, oh, it's not my birthday. You don't have to. It's it's funny, eh? I tell people that I love them both immediately and also when it's real. You know, both, like like in a jokey, love you, but then later it'll be like also genuine, true. Mm. So you kind of use it in different ways. Um, And it's just, yeah, it's weird when there's like a friend, you're like, I've never said that. And then when I feel like it's like a relationship, once you break the seal... Gosh, can't stop telling them. I don't know if that's true for anyone else. You'd be like, love you. Yeah. Love you. The thing that gets me in like, you know, movies or books or films, you know, TV shows, whatever, anything that I see, when I see male intimacy, um, and I, I don't mean like, again, uh, not sexual, but um, although that's fine, but you know, but what I'm talking about is men overcoming that ridiculous masculine trait of not being able to express yourself um, and and doing it, it absolutely gets me. Have you oh, seen yeah. that movie About Time with Bill Nighy? No. Oh, you would love it. Okay. It's very light. It's a classic British rom-com. I only think of it because 
this is um, Ian. So I used to work at the Lighthouse oh, Cinema no. down the road. Yeah. And a lot of the clientele, they're very elderly mm -hmm. and they're lovely. And I became friends with this guy called Ian who watched this movie about time nine times. Right. And because he missed his son mm. and in the, the movie's just about a beautiful father-son relationship right. across this kind of time travel. It's, it's delightful. It's really funny. Yeah, right. And he loved this movie and he, yeah, and he just said, I love it because it's so nice to see a father and son so openly love each other and it's not weird and it's not, they just tell each other they love each other and have a beautiful friendship. But then um, I hadn't seen Ian for a few weeks and then one day he called me and he was calling me from his deathbed and he just said, I'm so sorry I haven't been up for coffee, but I had, I'm sick and I'm dying and I just want to tell you I love you. And then he died. Oh, not on the phone. But no, God. but I just I'm I'm not like a um into spiritualism or anything. But a few weeks later, I just had sudden thought of him, mm. and then I googled his name, and he had passed like that day a week, you know, like oh. he, he anyway. Um, but he he loved that too, and he was like, "Why can't men just say that to each other all the time?" Is, yeah, I don't know. Is there a moment in Lord of the Rings, one of them, where Frodo and Sam have a bit of a bro moment, like a, a, a heart to heart or friendship? Is that the whole thing? I guess, I guess that moment, I've watched them recently because yeah, okay. with my daughter and um, I guess there's the moment where he's, they're on Mount Doom in the third, in the third and final film. I think it's that. Oh, the taste of strawberries. Yeah. And he falls out and, he, and, he, and Sam picks him up. Okay, the reason I asked that is because when I was here, when I was doing my work on holiday visa, I was nannying in Glenorchy and I was looking after a wee boy called Sam who was seven and an old man called Tussock. I don't know if I can say his name, it's fine. Anyway, they were not related. Sorry, his name is Tussock. His name was Tussock and he worked for Doc. Anyway, they were related. They were not related. And I... And he a was man in, called Tussock yeah, who worked for Doc. Yeah, and he was in the bushes. Cause, wow, <laughs> isn't it? That's incredible. Yeah, it was great. And, and he was married to Gorse. <laughs> but they got divorced. Doesn't even feel real. Yeah. And there wasn't a lot of electricity in the house. You used, there was a, like a, a wood, um, it was an oven, but it was a wood burner oven. So if you wanted to cook something, you had to put logs in. Yeah. Every week we would rent, we had a bit of electricity, we'd rent an old laptop to watch a film on because you'd only have it for a couple of hours. And we all watched Lord of the Rings. And when it got to the bit, which I think you're talking about, where it was the about The laptop friendship. died because that film was four hours long. <laughs> <laughs> We had, we had to put extra logs on the oven just to keep it yeah. going. Um, and at that bit, I looked around and the little boy, Sam, eight years old, was crying. Amazing. And the old man was crying. And then I was crying. And I was like, and it, I thought he'd lost, he was an older man, so he'd lost friends. So I was thinking this moment of them expressing themselves, I thought it just really got him. And I was just sitting in the middle and we we're all just crying watching this beautiful film. And I was like, I don't know what to do. Do I ask him? Do I say, hey, are you all right? Do you want to talk about it? But we didn't. We just, we all just cried and didn't talk. Yeah. How did you get named Tussock? And then I went back recently, and I think I saw him swimming in the uh, in the lake, but he was naked, so I didn't want to say hello because yeah. I don't want to be like hiya because it'd be a bit awkward. Yeah, I was running on the beach the other day, and a woman with her top on waved at me, and I didn't know what to do. So, <laughs> <laughs> like, do, do I go over and say hello? <laughs> I just went hi and keep going. You don't know them? No, I didn't know them. <laughs> was it? And you just call it? We were. At, I did a gig in Nelson last night. Have you been? Have you done the Motueka, the Playhouse? Ah, uh, yes. Mapua. Uh, Mapua. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mapua. Have you? Have you ever stayed at the the New Year's Colony down the way? No. So the boys stayed there. I got to stay at the venue. Perks of being a woman on tour, um, and everyone was just naked. Oh. Oh yeah, it's the New Year's Colony. There's so the near the beach where I live. 
Wahi Beach, there's a bit of it that's kind of the nude. It's yeah. a really long beach. Yeah. And there's a bit of it that's the nude beach. Is that where the woman was waving from? Yeah. So oh, that, right. there's this thing that it's the only part of the beach you're allowed your dog off a lead as well. That's oh, They've coupled those two gosh. together. <laughs> that's a weird mix. Is it so yeah. So if I want to go for a run on the beach with my dog, I have to run through the nude bit. Is that so they can get more spectators, do you reckon? I don't know. I reckon. I'll be honest with you. It's mostly older men. It always is. It always yeah. is. It always is. It's a nice chapter for you to look forward to. Yeah, isn't it? <laughs> Getting nude on the beach. So we did say at the beginning, we mm-hmm. were going to have to discuss our non-negotiables. So I've thought about this a lot because you did prep me. And mine's quite broad, I think. But I think... My non-negotiable is that the to be for us to be friends, you have to be interested in things, and it doesn't have to be the same things as me. No. In fact, it's better if it's good if we have some things in common. But I'm a very curious person. I like asking questions. I like learning new things about things I don't know. That's what learning is. Um, and uh, just in case you. you don't know Thank the definition you, yeah. of learning, um, <laughs> but you know, some people just aren't. Some people don't have interests. They don't, I don't know, they, and for me, they're not bad people. They're just, I'm just not that interested in being friends with them. Well, I think we're both interested in quite a lot of things. Yeah. It's like when people are interested in food and you go, no, what do you do with your day? Oh, absolutely. Finish a meal thinking about the next one. That could be my number. I I start thinking about what I'm going to cook for dinner at 9am. Yeah, it drives my (laughs) husband wild. He's like, I've just woken up. And I'm like, yeah, but. Oh, that's great. I could get a piece of dough on. It's the greatest pleasure in life, though. It is. I want to look forward to every meal. I want to enjoy every meal. Yeah. Yeah, I I thought about that because I'm big into food. But uh, I, I thought that's. I'm I'm really intolerant of picky eaters. Well, I am as well. Absolutely. <laughs> really, really intolerant. When I was looking for a partner on my Tinder bio, it said you cannot be a fussy eater. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Can't do it. I don't want to go to a restaurant and it's like, well, I can't have that. I mean, I know some people have intolerances and they can't help it, but sure. some people just don't try. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. They're like, oh, I don't like that. It's like, I mean, I didn't used to like yeah. olives. Sure. And then I kept eating them until I liked them. And now they are yeah. my favorite thing in the world. Oh, I don't like fish. What are you, four? Yeah. Eat, eat some Kinna? fish. Don't like Kinna? <laughs> At least try it. Yeah. yeah. That, um, that's the praise I give my daughter the most. I go, wow, I really love that you just try new totally, things. Totally. And I, we try to not be pushy about it. And so she's got a way more advanced palate than I ever had. Like she's into capers, olives. And yeah, same everything. with my kids. Yeah. Mm, yum, I love anchovies. Well, I think we're both interested in things. And that's part of why we're doing this is because it's so interesting to find out like a little bit more about people and yeah their kind of friendships and like where it's come from and it's every time we've had a conversation it's gone in such different directions like what we're not expecting hasn't it like and we're never quite sure like where it's going to go so i think we kind of tick that box best i could think of was this is a terrible one sorry was people who don't push the button at a pedestrian crossing oh who what just stand there and wait for someone else to do it wait I've and never like, it's the e- easiest public amenity to to work. Yeah, and people just sit, and then they they get angry at the lights, and I'm like, "Do you think God is going to push it? <laughs> How do you feel about the people who push it too many times?" Well, you know, the more you push it, the quicker. It is, yeah, because I do that. I am always yeah, because like, there's a computer oh, really? inside it that says. If the more oh, really? presses there are, it says, "Oh, there must be lots of people waiting." Oh, great! Well, I do that all the time. I'm always like. I want you to walk away from here thinking that was real. I'm learning. I think I have. He's so smart. It's because he's, it's because, it's because he's so interested in things. I've got our non-negotiable. Okay, got it. Um, people who refer to their partner as a pollen chain. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. Gross. Anything like that. Any like putting them down in front of wow. you. 
I'm like, if that's how you feel about your partner, you could have chosen not to get married. Yeah. If, if marriage is such a constructive institution for you, don't marry somebody. Yeah. And live alone and cook your own food. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Do you know anybody who, who still speaks like that? No, but I was thinking about, um, so I reckon if you did a graph of time I've known somebody on one axis and how fascist they are on another <laughs> axis, right? Yeah. <laughs> then the 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 long like and so so on one on the very like just they're mildly conservative yeah. right you know i don't have to have known them very long for us to be friends you know yeah but if they're really quite right wing we have to have been friends since babies yeah. do you know what i mean yeah yeah you just accept it at that point yeah you just say oh it's oh, just, it's just yeah, a weird it's thing that you say yeah <laughs> <laughs> it keeps me open-minded yeah, yeah. Yeah, I know I do have friends that are definitely on the other side of the spectrum to me. We talked to Di about that. Yeah. We asked him what who his most left field friend is, and he said it was a Leo, it was Leo Malloy. Yeah, see, I can't stand that. <laughs> Who's your most out there friend? People go, really? Ben's friend with? Probably no one Anyone that you would know. Yet? No, they're all, they're all pretty reasonable. No, I, I don't know. I've got a friend. One of my very closest friends is a banker. And like a corporate banker, no. yeah. But he's he's pretty he's pretty liberal thinking. Uh, no, I have I, I can, there's no one like that I can mm. I can name drop like Leo Malloy. Fortunately, <laughs> he's just the worst person on earth. <laughs> hey, look, look yeah, we've all got opinions. Yeah, that's great. Great. Yeah. Well, I think we're all friends, and that's I think great. Pals, yeah, yeah, I think so thanks too. Thanks for chatting to us. Yeah, thanks, really for, appreciate thanks it. for having me. Uh, anything you want to plug? <laughs> I'm doing a, I'm doing a gig in the Upper Hut <laughs> in about four hours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get a time machine, come back, go at the gig. Oh, is this not live? Are you joking? Is this not a radio show? <laughs> Call in now um, if you agree with me. Yeah, it's live. It's live. Ben's phone number is <laughs> 069. I don't know New Zealand numbers. I know. I have a joke where I do that, and every time I. 07, isn't it, in the UK? Yeah, but I'm doing a try and do a Kiwi number, New Zealand number. Oh. And I always go 069, so and everyone's oh, right. like, that's not a number. How do numbers start? Always O2. Always O2. Oh, you're talking about landlines? Ah, mobiles. Yeah, O2. Or landlines. Always O2. Did you used to answer your family home phone with 565 Obviously not that number, but that's my old phone. No, but my my auntie and uncle used to, and I used to go, what? 29242. Yeah. Hello, 29242. And then they added a six. They added a six oh. to the whole town. Yeah, us too. Yeah? Yeah. Like 629242. Eight. They added an eight. And then they added a two seven. Isn't it so funny? everyone had two seven eight. You can remember everyone I can still remember like friends' numbers from school. Yeah. Uh, yeah, in my head and I'm like two seven two two oh seven two, Daniel Belowski. There you go. Yeah. Seen the tight eight? He's in the tight eight. Yeah, let's he's give him a ring. He's still eight. got that number. He doesn't know. He's the one who lives in London. He's <laughs> everyone a, that's listening he's live. A, he's an animator it. in London. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's so, on an O seven now. Oh. Moving up in the world. Yeah. <laughs> so my dad's had the same answering message since like 1998. It's like, hello, Alice from my I can't take your call right now. But if you leave me your name, a detailed message, and the time you call, I'll get back to you as soon as I can. Good on him. Uh, anyway, thank you, Ben. This has been delightful. That's cool. I'm glad we're friends. Me too. I'm going to go catch a train to Tower. Oh, yeah. Lucky. See you at the gig Thanks. tonight. Okay. Yes, of course. Oh, yeah. Bye. Bye.
Thank you so much to Ben Hurley for that lovely extended chat there. Wasn't that lovely? I really like the bit about male intimacy in friendships. I I feel like I learned something there. Yeah, and I felt I loved learning how his friendship has changed and the way that they, he communicates with his friends has changed since they've yeah. gotten older and had their own kids. I think that's really beautiful, and I feel like there's so much more to talk about there in terms of male friendship. Absolutely. Also, shout out to the tight A. I want to meet them. The oh. tight A. <laughs> and so we kind of ended up saying that we're all going to be friends with Ben, which is great. I had a gig with him later that night and uh, well what happened Lisa you can say it from your point of well, view well we sent him a very lovely professional message saying thank you so much for your time you really appreciated it and he sent back a message saying thanks I had a great time one of you is quite dominant in the podcast so you'll probably want to sort that out amongst yourself me being me absolutely started to panic and I was like oh my god it's me I'm too talky this is horrible he's giving us some good feedback here and I messaged Sammy and I was like am I too dominant and then I realized <laughs> well I told you I was like he's having you on he's having us on he's having a joke and then he sent us a photo of him pulling a very cheeky face <laughs> and I realized that we are indeed friends because only friends mess with you psychologically like that <laughs> In a really loving way. You were you were kind of traumatized for like about half an hour, weren't you? Yeah. And it was like so. I was on stage at the time when this happened, and uh, I came off, and I'd had a pretty good gig. Mm-hmm. And uh, when I came off, he went, "Oh well, don't worry about it. We all have them." <laughs> what a little shit! Thanks, Ben Hurley. Lovely yeah. guy, but absolute well, shit. <laughs> but that's it, and that's how we know we are friends. Um, but yeah, so uh, thanks for listening in. We we had a great chat, and. Um, yeah, we're going to try and get him back on in a, in a year to see if we're still friends. Yeah. I told him about the gig. <laughs> I was like, there's more. There's more that we can talk about. Oh, mate, there is more. Bring the whole tight eight with him. Um, so, yeah, so that was another uh, episode of Are We Pals podcast. If you haven't yet, please join the Facebook group and better still join the Patreon. We're still waiting for that first member. Yeah, and feel free to shout out your pal of the week. Yes. If somebody you want to give a little bit of love to, somebody who's been a special friend to you for whatever reason, send us an email at arewepalspod at gmail.com. Otherwise, tell your friends you love them. And we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.